Hello, and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast. We are a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token, and Matt will join me in just a second. Our Ohio State recap and Arkansas State preview episode will be out in the next couple of days, but we've got a special one out for you today uh, with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston all now officially set to leave the American in the next couple of years. We thought it'd be fun to do a full episode dedicated to talking conference realignment and AAC expansion. It's been on everybody's minds, especially mine, and there are enough interesting points here that I think it deserves a full episode unto itself. So uh, to help us hash all this out, we got together uh, this weekend with some podcasters and bloggers from three other AAC schools. That's Mike James from The Mid Report covering Navy, Nathan Bond from The Daily Stampede covering USF, and Jared Shaffet from The Boneyard Podcast covering East Carolina. We had a blast talking with these guys, and we hope you enjoy it too. So let's cut over to our call with them. All right. So um, with all of the recent Commerce Realignment news, we thought it would be fun to put together kind of a special joint episode with some of the other AAC podcasters and bloggers. So including us here, we've got representatives with us from three AAC schools uh, with maybe a fourth one joining here shortly. And I'll let everybody introduce themselves here in a second when we when we go around the table. But guys, very glad to have you all here. Let's start things off by just going around the table and letting you introduce yourselves, give your just general thoughts on the recent moves happening around college football, all the realignment uh, nonsense that's that's going down. Uh, I know I'm sure we'll discuss several teams throughout this thing and expansion and all of that. Uh, but while we're just doing this first go around the room, uh, if you have any specifically that you want to call out right off the bat as teams the American should or should not be targeting in expansion, uh, feel free to throw those out too, and we'll go from there. So I'll just start um, in the order of my screen here, and we will start with Nathan Bond from the Daily Stampede. So Nathan, yeah, and then Mike also. Uh, introduce yourself and, and give your thoughts here. Hey, absolutely. Uh, so, managing editor of the Daily Stampede covering USF for SB Nation. Uh, and I am just a, a full proponent of if we're going to expand, if the, the American's going to stay what it is and just adding people, add places that people want to travel to. That I don't, I don't really care where it is. Um, I know San Diego State, uh, you know, is really far, but I mean, it's San Diego. Right. So. I mean, let's just do that. Uh, no offense to you guys, but no one really wants to go to Tulsa. Ooh, it's not a it's ooh. not a travel hub. It's not it's not a travel <laughs> hub. If, if you guys didn't know, no, I hear uh, you. I let's hear you. let's you know let's everybody looks forward to going to New Orleans. Uh, you know, Tampa's always fun. You know, the strip club capital of the world. Uh, so why not just you know go go out west and and you know bring in San Diego State and some other schools. Uh, personally, I would love Buffalo. Uh, I've got some family up in the area, so that that's just uh, that for me. And they have a great women's basketball program, so uh, doubly uh, doubly good for USF in, in women's basketball. That's for sure. Nathan coming out with the coming out with the fire right off the bat against. I am I am totally here for it. This is uh, I, I love I love it. It's a good stuff. Yeah, I, I feel you, and I hear you on the uh, I hear you on the travel destination thing for sure. Yeah, it just it just makes sense, right? That's. I mean, I love I love going up to Annapolis. Um, you know, being able to stay in D.C. and just kind of do the the touristy things. You know, every couple of years, it's it's a lot of fun. So w- why not just do that and and 
take take what you can from from the, you know the Mountain West or uh, Sun Belt uh, Conference USA. I think is uh, on its way out anyway. So uh, you know Birmingham Birmingham's right there. It's right for the picking. Let's let's uh, let's pick up uh, UAB and go from there. I feel it, uh, Mike. Let's move to you and get your thoughts on all this. So I'm Mike James. I'm the uh, the publisher of themidreport.com, which is the Navy site on on the Rivals Network. Um, when I'm looking at at expansion for the conference, I, I think the first thing you, you kind of have to look at is what's 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 the overall strategy for the league. Like what what are they trying to sell themselves as? I think um, when they first started, you know, the the goal was kind of a coast to coast spread of the best of the rest. You know, that's why they chose the name they did. You know, they originally invited Boise State and San Diego State for that purpose. Um, I think one thing that the, the, the Big 12 kind of screwed the conference on, not, it wasn't by taking the three schools that they did, that's just self-preservation, but letting it leak that they might not be done, that, that they might be interested in Boise State and, and Memphis. Because now... There's no way Boise State's going to come over because they're not going to pay yeah. two exit fees if they have a chance to join the Big 12 down the road. So you kind of have to recalibrate what what you're thinking and um, if a best you know how much television value a best of the rest league actually has. Um, you know, I, I, with when you had Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, I think that there was actually something to be said there, but. Once you start, once those schools start joining the, the the so-called power conferences, you know what what television value is there? I don't know. So I think that the the answer to that question will determine whether or not any Mountain West schools want to come over. Um, I don't know if there's any slam duck candidates, but if if there was one, to me, it's UAB. Um, I think that that if you look at UAB's overall profile. They're, you know, they're a tier one research school. They have a, uh, a growing medical school. Um, they have a real resurgence in football. You know, f- football was kind of taken away from them. And I think they, um, you know, they responded kind of, you know, very enthusiastically um, to support the program in the wake of that. They have a new stadium and to be able to, um, you know, to, you know, to join a, a, a higher profile conference like the the American I think would really you know you hear the term sleeping giant thrown thrown around and it's almost always wrong but in UAB's case I think there might be something to that they're kind of waiting to explode um I don't know you've heard some some rumors about Colorado State and Air Force I think in terms of national brands Air Force might be a good one but I think they're a bad all sport fit I don't know if you bringing Air Force basketball into the conference is going to make Memphis particularly happy. Um, so I don't know. It's there. There. There's. There are no slam dunk candidates. So you just kind of have to think of who has a best brand, who has good attendance, who, what schools kind of fit um, the the overall university profile that kind of matches what the American is trying to accomplish. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point in that the or with the Big Twelve point, right? Saying that they might not be done expanding, and the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that part of that is part of this uh, the back and forth that has been going on between Mike Oresco and Bob Bowlesby 
um, you know, when the expansion stuff first started, it was the 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 first thing off the press was like, oh, the American is going to be the aggressor, is going to try to be the aggressor in this situation and like try to pick apart the remnants of the Big Twelve. And there was this whole this whole thing that uh, Oresco and ESPN were kind of you know quote unquote conspiring together to to tear apart the Big Twelve. And I wonder, part of me wonders if Bob Bowlesby uh, took some serious offense to that. And is now trying to dismantle the American as a result. I don't know if that's uh, if that's realistic at all, but it definitely hurts the expansion prospects because anybody who has that level of on-field success recently and thinks they might have a shot to move to the Big Twelve now they're yeah like they why would they leave like if they if they think they have a window in like you said they're not going to want to pay that exit fee two times right. So I think that that could really hurt them. Yeah, and I think one thing you have to kind of caution yourself when you're looking at expansion is you don't necessarily just want to take whatever team is good now. You know, there any so people talk about things like Coastal Carolina or, mm-hmm. or Liberty or whoever, but, you know, one good coach leaves and now you're stuck with the school and the program for what they are, um, and they really have to match kind of what the Americans ambitions are. You want a school that, that kind of shares that same kind of vision. So, you know, I think it's a big picture thing. I I mean, if you want to go really weird, I think a school like rice might actually be a candidate. Um, They, you know, you're there. I think the league's going to want to have another school in Texas again. Um, They're going to want to keep pushing West. Um, You're not really getting much on the football side, but if you think like a college president, every single college president would love to be in a conference with Rice. There, that's just from a from an academic association. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I'm just thinking the the best fit might not necessarily be what the best team is right now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, talking about expansion to the West, we uh, a, a person from out east just joined in from East Carolina. So let's let's get his take on some of this. Uh, Jared from the Boneyard Podcast, introduce yourself real quick, and uh, let's hear your hear your latest thoughts on all the expansion stuff and who you think they should go after. Yeah, so uh, Jared from the Boneyard Podcast, just like y'all said, uh, um, covering East Carolina University, go Pirates! Big win last night. So uh, yeah, uh, guys. My thing is, is we, we talk about getting some some new firepower in in this conference, and the the biggest names that always jump out are the Boise State, the App State, right, the the San Diego State. Like those those are like the three that really jump out. And and uh, something that Artie, my my co-host, and I did a couple weeks ago, we we did a top five draft. We drafted our top five choices, each of us, for uh, joining the bone or joining the American and the the thing with that we we found was not we we tried to really expand the from this uh, regionality that we have where we're we're more East Coast biased right in the in the American and we what we were looking at I mean we we saw on on taking on that board of course Boise State San Diego State App State were gone but we also saw schools like Colorado State right. Um, kind of going after that that Colorado market. Um, we looked at Air Force. That You brought up a good point. I don't know if uh, Air Force really is a good fit um, all in all. I think if you're going to go after another military academy, you try to bring in Army instead of Air Force. I, I don't think you um, – I don't think Air Force is as good of a brand uh, as Army. Um, and I think that that will at least give you the New York market, right? Um Army is honestly out, outside of Syracuse, 
is the best market in in New York. So looking at looking at going west, though, I mean, we're we're looking at schools even even I mean, in, in Arizona or or New Mexico, but um, I, I really got to think that Boise State wants Boise State wants out of the Mountain West. We all know that, and I don't think that they're going Big Twelve anytime soon. Can we all agree on that? So I, I I feel you on maybe not wanting to leave the or maybe wanting to leave the Mountain West. They do have I, I think still unless I, I'm missing out on a, a couple of years back, but uh, I'm pretty sure they still have a majority share of like the revenue, right? Don't they don't they control a higher percentage than the rest of the Mountain West? So what Boise State's situation is is that they can package their home games separately from um, from the rest of the, the conference. So. It's but that money is still pooled. So the Mountain West in the last couple of years has actually worked to rectify that that imbalance a little bit. Um, okay. They still make more from from revenue, but it's not what it was when they originally joined. And and with that, though, I mean that that's kind of like a similar deal to what Navy has with us, right? I mean Navy has a, a deal with CBS, and and they can show their games. I mean Notre Dame does the same thing. Boise State. Coming over to the American, I'm sure that they could work something out. It's gonna it's gonna make the brand that much better for for the American. Um, I think that's the slam dunk. Um, another school that I would like to see. I mean, I'm looking at more of the Midwest Mid- Midwest schools. I mean, schools like a Western Michigan, right? Um, so somebody like that coming in. I feel like that's kind of one of those oddball picks, but I think that the I think that bringing a school in from the MAC, one of the top schools from the MAC. Really, just rating the other G four conferences, um, rating those of, of their top schools. I mean, that that's kind of the way you go. I mean, the the American has shown that it is far and far and away better than all the other conferences, um, and and so I think you got to rate the others. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think there's something to be said for that. And I saw. Um two places one on the athletic that referenced this thing a second one i'm about to say but uh fear the wave put together a i think it was the last five years um of the sp plus rankings between the Amer the 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 zombie american like the leftover teams us and the rest of the g5 conferences right and even without ucf houston and cincinnati uh over those five years or three years however long it was the american was still the strongest g5 so like you know, obviously we're losing we're losing some big timers, but it's not like all of our power is gone. So we definitely still have some leverage in that. But and I and I hear you like going to the Mountain West idea here. Um, you know, there was the big CBS report a couple of days back, however long ago that was, saying that that's that seems to be what Aresco and the American are targeting. And honestly, I was I mean, it makes sense to me, but I was pretty surprised that that was the first place we looked, just because you know before reading all that, my thought would have been we'll try to stick in the South, the Southeast, you know, things like that. Um, the league just moved its headquarters to Dallas. It seemed like things were going that way. Uh, and personally, just I'd rather stay geographically centered around something, right? And I know, you know, at, like Mike mentioned earlier, part of the part of the draw maybe of the American even is that it's just, it's everywhere, right? It's it's the best of the rest, like you said. Um, but that makes kind of travel is tough. Non, non-football sports, it gets pretty tough. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm conflicted about this report, and I see like 
Boise, obviously the big brand here. Like if we can land them, I think you get them no matter what. Like obviously you want to bring them in. But the other ones in question, like Colorado State and Air Force, I mean, I suppose it makes sense. But does that make any more sense than like a Louisiana or or a Southern Miss or a Texas school or or like an Arkansas State or somebody like that? I don't know. I think they do. I think they, they definitely do. I think if you're looking at a national brand – um, I mean, when you're you're leaving the Power Five conferences and you're looking for national brands, there are very few out there to be had. I think the service academies are, but the service mm-hmm. academies are kind of weird because the schools are all small. There there are a lot of there are a lot of people's second favorite schools. So I'm not sure how much if you're looking at someone who's going to buy into streaming services. I don't know how much they drive that. Um, in you know, so so you can't. It's still, as far as a national brand, though, and I think if you're talking about packaging the conference, I think having Navy and Air Force in one in one conference is is a good branding move for the league. It's something that 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 can drive some some eyeballs. Um, now, Navy, I don't think would be thrilled with having Air Force in the conference. Um, I don't think having two option teams as the in the conference is something that they would want. Um, I know Navy sees. Uh, the American is sort of a recruiting differentiator between um, the other service academies. But in terms of what will actually sell, what the, the conference can actually sell, um, I think a school like Air Force, at least in a football-only capacity, would, would be uh, a, a big benefit because there just aren't that many brands out there to be had. You're kind of, you're kind of taking a gamble on, on hoping someone can grow into it rather than, than getting what you have. The big, the big question is, what will ESPN pay for? Because you're not going to get Mountain West schools to come over to the American unless you ha- have a clear financial advantage um, from ESPN. Because they're not going to pay $12 million in an exit fee if it's if they're either a not going to recoup it or b maybe recoup it after you know a decade or something. You know, it has to be a clear advantage. So. This is a situation where I think having a commissioner like Mike Oresco really helps because of his television experience. But really, if if he can't get if he can't sell if he can't sell a number from ESPN to these schools, I don't think that that you know you might have to 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 look up somewhere else other than the Mountain West to 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 bring them over. And at that point, then maybe you start looking at well, I don't know, like Louisiana or one of the Florida schools or whatever, but. ESPN's kind of in the driver's seat here. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of going back to what you said, the biggest thing is is getting those brands, those brands that are that are always going to be on ESPN. I mean, the I mean Boise State, the I mean even Louisiana uh, Lafayette, and I mean at times Louisiana Tech. I mean the, those schools have been on, but looking at a school like Southern Miss, they just don't have that brandability. I mean, the last time that they were, I mean. And Southern Miss is a is an old rival of ours, right? So ECU and Southern Miss go way back. The only only thing that they have to brand themselves is Brett Favre. Like that, that's that's the last time they were relevant at all. Um, so, I mean that that's something that the American needs to look at now. A school like Marshall, I mean a team that uh, took the took an L last night. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them in. I mean that they're probably the top of the top in, in the Conference USA outside of UAB um, and, and then um, App State. like the, I think if you go after Marshall 
upstate, Boise State, and like a San Diego State. Those are the four you look to add, and maybe look at a fifth like Air Force to get to get to twelve teams total in football. But this, uh, it's it's so strange right now, right? Yeah, for a lot of schools, um, at least for USF they're so much better at the Olympic sports than the thing that's actually driving this change. You know, baseball won, won the regional, won the conference, uh, women's basketball, uh, perennial NCAA tournament team, uh, softball, it, golf. I mean, the, the Olympic sports are so strong, men and women's soccer. It's trying to find people who can kind of help build up those sports, at least for, for me right now. You've got to be able to find the right balance. I'm okay with bringing in a couple more football-only schools, but they've got to be able to compete at uh, whoever they do bring in for all sports. They've got to be able to compete at a high enough level, which is why I bring up Buffalo. But the, the, the rest of the department is kind of eh at everything else, but their women's basketball team is really good. Uh, I think Jared, you would agree. We want when when you're losing UCF and Houston in baseball, uh, those are two pretty big teams to be losing. You know, regardless of how I feel about UCF as a whole, they're they're a damn good baseball program, uh, and, and we saw that last year. Even with a, a down year, they they still make it to the championship game. And I, if I'm not mistaken, in men's basketball with Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF leaving. There is literally no team that has won a NCAA tournament game in the last five years still in the conference. Am I right or wrong on this? I, I could be mistaken. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering ECU hasn't been to the big dance. So, like so you guys, you guys are out. Uh, yeah, Tulsa, you guys are up and <laughs> Tulsa's up and down. We're out, but I don't think you've won Wichita State, probably right. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess Wichita State would be the only one. Man, yeah, true. Memphis. Uh, I was thinking Memphis too, but I don't. I don't think so. Football. Yeah, I don't know. So like it's the, those sports that are yeah, obviously clearly to the television partners not nearly as important. But when November, December, January rolls around, February when there's you know nothing else on but college basketball, how is ESPN going to be like? Hey, come check out USF versus Buffalo in men's basketball on ESPN too. It just that doesn't. That doesn't do it for literally anyone, right? It's so they, they, Mike Oresco has got a tough job. The, the TV partners have a tough job trying to figure out who who's going to be filling in. And I'll be perfectly honest, USF shouldn't even be in this conversation. I shouldn't be on this podcast. I should like <laughs> USF should have sh- like, and it's so frustrating because I know USF put themselves in this position. To, school-wide department-wide to be where they are right now they should have been on that lifeboat to the big 12 um regardless of if it's a good idea now or later uh they were they were attached to the hip and they just let the foundation crumble so far that they you know all of the the advantages that they had being uh you know being a, an original you know p5 member when thing when expansion happened and being the only school you know outside of yukon obviously being left out of this uh, expansion is it's a uh, it's gut wrenching, uh, but completely deserved. Uh, Judy Genshaft, uh, USF's former president, let this happen, um, and she has caught a lot of flack even in retirement. Um, and then the the president that they had for a year and a half did nothing, Steve Carell, and now they're searching for 
another president. So, I mean, they, they did it to themselves. They have no one else to blame but themselves. Uh, and this is just the reality for USF fans. And, and they're going to have to realize that, that this, you, 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 you shit the bed, you've got to lay in it. Like, it's just that simple. So that's why, that's why I'm a, a full proponent of just great locations. Just be in misery, <laughs> but at least you're in misery at the beach in San Diego or something. <laughs> yeah. I, to, to your point, I mean, going back to 2014 at the inception of, of the American Athletic Conference when it was really like starting to get going, you look back at that time, ESPN did a poll. What school should be is the most uh, is most likely to go to the Power Five, or what school deserves it the most? First, BYU. Number two, East Carolina University. And we see how everything has kind of flipped up on its head since then. I mean, when you look at you look at uh, when we had a chancellor, Cecil Staten, athletic director um, Jeff Comfer, those two guys. Those two guys ruined East Carolina University. And we're just now starting to see, okay, things are kind of starting to maybe move in the right direction. You hire a terrible coach in Scotty Montgomery, and you, you go through hell. That's what we've been going through the last seven years. And I feel like, to your point, Nathan, like I feel like ECU hasn't been pulling our weight in the American other than in baseball. But, I mean, that, that's it. Like, yeah, we beat Houston last year, but that honestly – probably hurt the American more than it helped the American. Um, but, um, yeah, it it's a weird place to be in, at least from an ECU fan, because it feels like we know what we can be. We know that where we're headed. But we wanted to be we wanted to compete with the American, with UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, in it. But now it, that doesn't seem likely. Yeah, and I will say, like – it felt it felt weird like the the only plus side of losing you know like there were some other plus sides of losing UConn but most of the main plus sides of losing like UConn and now UCF and and Cincy and Houston to a lesser extent I think is that some I don't I just get tired of these guys just like lording over the American thinking they dominated right and part of it is kind yeah. of true like sometimes they they did and they deserve to to do the things they do but. I was looking forward to not having that anymore. So, Nathan, you are not allowed. You're not allowed to do this, I'm telling you. If you if, you, if South Florida becomes the the, Look, the, the team that I'm just going to be annoyed at all the time. I, it's going to happen. Sad. They've got – which I, I feel bad for you. <laughs> Probably not. And I, I, I mean, I love Brian Gregory. It's not going to happen to men's basketball. Uh, but women's basketball, they are going to be your UConn forever. It's just what's going to happen. Uh, and then in baseball, Billy Mole's got this team on the right track, uh, and you guys are never going to touch us. Maybe ECU sometimes uh, in women's soccer, but the the Olympic sports, USF is going to run through it. Uh, soft, softball, it's I feel so bad for you. Like <laughs> taking notes, I, taking notes right I, now. No, absolutely, Just write it down. <laughs> Let them know this is this is going to happen. Nathan, I'm I'm gonna. Nathan, when we have you on the Boneyard podcast right before ECU stomps that ass this year again, uh, <laughs> we're going to – we're going to – I'm going to bring this conversation up. No, absolutely. I, I, you know I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, ECU, ECU, we you know, circled ECU as being a potential football win this year. Not so sure uh, about that anymore. Uh, I think there's a good chance USF goes from, you know, that – the ceiling was like four wins. I think it's maybe a two or three win team this year, unless something clicks. Uh, 
but in, in the Olympic sports, I, I'm confident uh, that that baseball, softball, especially baseball, um, for for obvious reasons, I think uh, I th- I don't think Joe Janort's homer has landed yet. Uh, so we'll we'll keep that in mind uh, as as baseball kind of uh, becomes the dominant force in the American with uh, Houston. Thank I I think I feel like Joe Davis was in the American for like 18 years. You know, Joe Davis has me blocked on Twitter. That makes sense. And so does his, <laughs> his girlfriend or, or fiance or wife now. She's also got me blocked. I uh, think we, we used to we used to ride him so hard when he would come to Clark LeClaire. Uh, Bryant Packard's dad is very mad at me. So, I mean, Bryant Packard. You know, he he he's a, I mean he's one of those guys. I mean, a Greenville kid that is making it, but yeah, that guy. His dad is awesome though. I, I love his dad. Interacts with us all the time. He he's not a fan of ours, that's for sure. All right, so moving back on. Or sorry, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> sorry, 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 guys. <laughs> okay. No, I love it. Sorry, guys. So this Come. is a Matt Rectin, co-host of the Golden Hurricast. And so first comment, like if we're getting rid of Houston and all that, like who outside of if you take out football and basketball, like the school that has, you know, I'm pretty sure Tulsa's, you know, right up there for you know conference titles. We get two a year guaranteed in cross country, uh, especially in like you take out Houston. So I just want to you know put that up there if we're taking out. But the other, and this is just kind of maybe throw an entire wrench into conference realignment as a whole. But, you know, I've got to wonder if there is a day someday, as you talk, we've talked about, you know, travel for non-football, for non-basketball is so difficult for everybody. Like, is there a potential for football to be a separate, like, conference structure compared to Olympic sports? so that you're competing more regionally in stuff like baseball, stuff like, um, you know, track, cross country, golf, things like that, versus, you know, football is kind of a different identity. So that's kind of what I'm wondering, you know, because you talk about the the potential Super League, you know, the SEC and then the Big Ten, if that, you know, ends up being a thing, is that going to be, you know, football is kind of its own entity and then all the other sports are on their own so i guess anybody else have thoughts on that or is that well welcome to my world true that's navy how how are you like because you guys aren't in in any uh you know all sports with with us like how are you guys at you know bat and ball sports is is navy good uh yeah navy actually has um really i mean it depends on how you define good, you know, what level you're looking at. Navy wins the Patriot League's President's Cup every year, the, kind of the, the all-sport trophy. Um, you know, they have a good baseball program. Basketball won the reg- regular season um, of the, the Patriot League last year. Um, soccer team's pretty good. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of teams that, that are, are good. Now, when you look at, at you know, at the the level of of a conference like the American maybe you know there are a couple of, of teams that might be able to to compete um, but the Patriot League is just a different world you know it's it has kind of different priorities um, so other than maybe something like like swimming I'm not sure how many um, how many Navy programs could, could compete at that level but yeah overall the, the athletic department is uh, is in pretty good shape 
Yeah, regardless of the unilateral decisions that are being made around the football program. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to not talk about that. Last week was difficult enough to get through, so we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, this is me abruptly changing the subject. Fair. I would do the same thing. So one team that we haven't brought up yet that I think is a spicy one to talk about, but I don't know how realistic uh, or how good of an idea this would be. Probably not. I don't know. I'll leave it open to you guys. Um, is Liberty, right? So an independent school. Uh, don't want to get into the political weeds on this one, but they do have some pretty strong football and basketball history, which would address uh, some basketball concerns maybe, and definitely definitely some at least recent football. They, they do have a little bit of the like new kid on the block uh, recency bias that I think you get with like Coastal or somebody like that, but I think it's an intriguing one to at least bring up. I don't think you can separate the, the political stuff when it comes yeah, to Liberty. Right. That's kind of their... their they, they I mean... Falwell's gone, but that they've made that's kind of the identity they carved out for themselves. I think they just bring a lot of baggage because you know, I think their ambition is, is something that yeah, it probably would align. They they want to be a national school, but there's just so much baggage that comes along with them that I, I just don't think they're a they're a, a tenable solution. So, I mean, as a school, I mean ECU, we play them in basketball every single year. Um, almost every single year um and almost every then again everybody beats us in basketball so it's not like anything crazy but um but yeah we play them every every year and i, I mean i wouldn't mind seeing them taking out the political stuff i, I don't want to get into that but like the kind of like what mike said i don't think you can talk about liberty and and not have like that as part of it you you can't separate those two things those two things are are th- those things go hand in hand right we, we see it all the time when a coach or an athletic director or someone makes a statement it, it's gonna it's gonna be front page or it's gonna be the on the ticker on espn that schools are i mean we saw it here in north carolina a, a couple of years ago when there was a, a political bill made and I mean, it ended up hurting all the North Carolina schools. I mean, we we had a home-and-home home schedule with UCLA to play baseball, and they were supposed to come travel to ECU to play baseball, and all the California schools couldn't. It was against the rules to wow. go to North Carolina. So we lost that. So those are things that you've got to – I mean, you've got to take into consideration the political aspect. But from a from a football and basketball standpoint, I wouldn't mind seeing these schools. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Liberty uh, from a strictly competitive side, but also looking at the recency bias. I mean, that that's probably my biggest thing. I mean, against like adding a school like UAB or Coastal Carolina or even a Louisiana Lafayette, a school that really hasn't been great in, in a sport. I mean, UAB was dead in the water, what, three years ago in, in football? And – now that look at them, they're they're receiving top twenty five votes every week. Um, so I I, I want to see a school that has a, a bigger brand um, join the conference and a school that has a history. I mean, all the schools in this conference have a history um, for the most part, a, a, a long history of of winning programs, and I'd like to see that that trend continue. Nathan, I got a question for you. What do you think from a USF 
perspective uh, about someone like Florida Atlantic. I'm not really in love with the idea, but I'm just wondering if there would be any pushback if, uh, from a USF's point of view, if, if FAU or FIU was considered. I mean, I, I mean, there's like little brothers, and then there's like FIU, FAU, right? Like there's, like they're like your second cousins, like four times removed. You. They come to the family party, but they're not really invited. They're never asked to actually make something. They're they're the bring the plates. You can't mess up plates, but then they bring bowls instead. Uh, they that's what they are uh, for for the rest of Florida. Um, I love FAU. I I love Willie Taggart. Um, he is uh, he's always been nice to me uh, while he was at USF and even after uh, you know at Oregon and uh, at F, at FSU. You know we would text back and forth just uh just to kind of check in on each other so that part i don't mind it's the the fiu that that school that the athletic department is kind of weird and not run real well uh to say the least and then the the butch davis experiment has uh clearly uh not worked and it looks like they're just gonna ride it into the ground until there's nothing left um you know, on the flip side, you know, across the country, Mario Cristobal is just exceeding all expectations at Oregon, and FIU just fired him for yeah. for fun, and that's just kind of emblematic of of the culture at FIU. Uh, so yeah, hard pass on on both of them. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that. Um, full disclosure: I live in Jacksonville, so I'm I'm kind of familiar with the Florida landscape. I've seen their their names tossed around a little bit, and it kind of made me scratch my head. I just don't see them as this, uh, people are kind of throwing darts at the wall, like who's located in a city? Okay, let's let's look at those guys. But I just don't think overall they're the that they're they're the kind of fit that that the American is kind of looking for. Um, so I'm glad to hear that we're on the same page on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think La Tech's probably a better fit. They just are in a weird, terrible city uh, in Louisiana. Um, so I. And also, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to Skip ever again in my <laughs> life. So, uh, there's also that, and I'm sure Jared can agree to to attest to the never wanting to talk to Skip Holtz again. <laughs> yeah, that's a that, that's a tough name to hear around around Greenville, North Carolina, and ECU fans. You really, you guys really should have warned us. You, we were getting damaged goods. I think that's kind of really rude of you. We warned. Uh, you know, all of the other coaches, coaching staffs. We warned Syracuse about Sterling Gilbert. We gave them plenty of notice, and they still did it anyway. Uh, so, I mean, that's on them. We, we warned McNeese State. I, I, but a little heads up, Jared, would have been just splendid, man. Sorry about that. So I will say, I think I think one thing that that could come out of this is there it, there is a nice opportunity here for one of the uh, one of the kind of bummers about the Americans so far has been the lack of uh, like genuine rivalries outside of USF and UCF, um, the war on I four, and this could be a uh, you know there there are some but there is not like a ton of of big time rivalries in the conference and I'm not saying that there are a ton of great options that we can have these big time rivalries but there are definitely some schools 
uh, that we could bring in that do at least bump up the level of rivalry, Air Force being one of them, like Mike James mentioned. And then you've got, you know, a bunch of Louisiana schools where we've talked about uh, for Tulane. We've got an App State or somebody like that for ECU. Um, so things like that, I think, could be a boon just for, like, fans of the teams that are already in this league and get some rivalry back. Uh, but, I, again, like, they're – I don't know how big of an actual draw that is in terms of financials, right? So I don't know if that – I don't know if that works. I don't care what you say. Navy and SMU for the Gans Trophy, the world stands still for that matchup. <laughs> yeah, you guys got the uh, – uh, what's it? Uh, the, the Trident Trophy you got going on with Tulane now, too. Yeah, although it's probably a good year to for Navy not to play Tulane. <laughs> yeah, very fair. Yeah, uh, Jared, Jared mentioned them earlier. Um, Southern Miss was a rival with USF uh, in the mid-2000s, uh, kind of as they transitioned to Conference USA. Um, I would never want to see them, those mustard pigeons, whatever. Uh, the they're, they're, Those, like, among, like, fan base tiers um nc state terrible fans uh just literally the worst oh yeah uh yeah um when usf played nc state in the Mineke car care bowl in 2005 literally the worst ever uh their their little yapping that they do is terrible uh southern miss is up there with ucf as like the worst fans ever um and, you know, ECU is not that far behind. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the, the 400 <laughs> or so that they have, uh, it's it's tough. Uh, baseball, baseball especially. Love it. Uh, that's, I think that's probably the one rivalry that uh, will remain intact is uh, ECU versus USF baseball. It's always been a thing. Uh, it ratcheted up over the last couple of years. Um, I think we definitely got screwed in Clearwater, Clearwater in, uh, what, 2017 uh, in, in that ninth inning. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, Jojo Nord still uh, owns ECU Soul, so that's that's always fun. Uh, but I, across the spectrum, there's really not much. Uh, you know, USF Tulane had some stuff when they were in Conference USA. Uh, UAB had some stuff when they were in Conference USA. But most of USF's rivals, it was centered around uh, UCF, and frankly, I'm so glad to get, be rid of them. Um, my mentions every single week are a cesspool, regardless if I talk about UCF or not. And I, we really try to limit that interaction, but they still find it. Um, you know, there was a meme going around on Friday. Uh, it was like some girl like dressed provocatively. And it's like, tell me what you want. And I quote retweeted. It was like a USF win tomorrow. UCF fan jumps in my mentions uh, early in the first quarter against Louisville and says, turn on ESPN you'll see what winning looks like. Uh, three hours later, he had deleted the tweet. So that's, I mean, just literally nothing to do about them, and they still bring it up. It just they, I just, I'm sure for everyone else uh, in in this chat right now, they're glad to be rid of those fans. No doubt. They're, they're a wild bunch. I think the rivalry yeah. point, though, is a, is a good one because one of the things that made the Americans stand out um, compared to a conference like, say, the Mountain West is was was really their ability to generate big games within the conference. Like everyone, it's always a big game. If you get a, if you get, you're playing a, a power five team, they're coming to your place or something. Yeah, that's always a big game. But if you look at what the Americans been able to do, they've been able to get games with like 40, 45, 50,000 fans showing up just for conference games. 
you know, I know Memphis and Navy would play at the Liberty Bowl on on a, a Saturday night or something. You know, you're, you're that's bringing in fifty thousand fans. Um, you know, USF, UCF, those were, you know, those would would draw a crowd. You know, you would see games like that, um, and the ability to generate that creates that kind of big time atmosphere, and it's, that's one of those. You know, if you feel like you're big time, you start to act like you're big time and people, you know, people buy into it. Um, so the ability to generate those kinds of environments, uh, I think it is a good consideration and something you might want to think of when you're looking to invite another another school into the league. I, w- I want to flip it around to, to Ryan and Matt. What you guys are, you know, in the middle of the country, uh, you've got two big 12 schools in your state like. Who do you see as like a, a good fit for you guys, either rivalry wise or just ge- geographic locations that make sense for you guys right now? Yeah, um, I think one of the schools that doesn't get mentioned much at all, and maybe there's a good reason for this that I'm just missing. So let me know. Um, but Arkansas State is relatively close to us. They've been a pretty strong team for the last decade plus. Uh, we don't have a huge history with them. We've only played them in football, like, I don't know, less than 10 times, but we've played them every now and then, especially recently, we've kind of played them recently, uh, somewhat often. So I'd be, I'd be pulling for Arkansas state. Is there any, but I haven't seen their name thrown around there, like at all from anyone. Am I, am I just missing something here? I, I know they didn't really handle COVID too well. Uh, and there was a lot of, uh, stuff within the athletic department about that. Um, and I, I, I couldn't even tell you if they have a, like a baseball team, like there, it's just like one of those who, who knows they're, they're good. I know, uh, my high school coach, his nephew is Ryan Applin, who I think is the offensive coordinator now. And he was their quarterback, uh, in the, you know, late two thousands, early tens. Um, so he's back there. So I, I've always had an affinity for Arkansas state because of that that connection they were always kind of fun to to play with on ncaa but i mean outside of that it it doesn't really move the needle um for me so that's maybe why they're kind of more under the radar i i don't know i could be wrong about that uh jared mike thoughts on thoughts on arkansas state as a potential yeah i mean they're one of those schools that you know that they have a football program kind of like what you said nathan but i i don't know anything else about them like, they, I, I I couldn't tell you where are they are they in Little Rock I, I couldn't tell you where they are, and and I think it's Jonesboro right? Yeah, so I mean I couldn't tell you where I could, I can't tell you where Arkansas State is. I, I mean, it's one of those schools that going back to the brand. I mean, I I don't see that, but if it's a if it's a rival, I I I mean that that's all in well, but. I just don't see that being a, a good enough fit for for the American if we're trying to be good in in all sports, not just football. Um, that that that's where I where I think. Yeah, one of the things about and it's not just Arkansas State; it's really any Sun Belt school is the the Sun Belt's focus has really been more of a regional one, whereas the Americans' ambitions are kind of to, to kind of make a splash on a national stage. And so they're looking for more mm-hmm. national institutions, I think. And with, oh, yeah. with, with, with the Sun Belt, you're talking about schools that just don't generally have the athletic budgets um, that, that would, 
I mean, say you invited one of these schools into the American, they would immediately have the smallest athletic budget and it would, you know, you don't necessarily want to, you want to, to bring someone in that kind of is at your level or at least as close as you can get now, as opposed to, to a school that's going to have to kind of be brought along, not just in football. I mean, the foot, perhaps maybe the football team can compete, but just overall as an athletic department, you know, trying, you don't necessarily want to invite someone that you're going to have to, to drag up to your level. You know, so you, you want someone who can at least kind of hit the ground running. So I think that's what makes a lot of the, the Sunbelt possibilities a little more, more of a tough sell. Yeah, and I definitely hear you. I think the big the big reason I threw out Arkansas State at all was just because they are a, a somewhat solid team, close ish to Tulsa, right? So that was generally my my entire line of reasoning there. They're not a if I were to put together a short list of like the best teams to bring in, they wouldn't be on there. But because they're close uh, and we could go to the games and they have a decent football program, uh, they make my kind of my short list. And just uh, like well just from another side, like we're losing Houston. And so all of a sudden we're looking at just SMU for the Texas, which is kind of wild for the imprint, especially, you know, moving the offices down to Texas. It just kind of seems like a good opportunity. And so we talked about rice earlier and that makes sense for Tulsa. Cause I feel like there was some, you know, good competition. We're kind of, you know, similarly structured, you know, both pretty small res- uh, like universities, uh, that kind of punch above their weight when it comes to football. Well, I don't know if Rice really punches above their weight, but, you know, they play. Um, but, you know, some of the other ones, you've got North Texas. Uh, we haven't talked about them at all, and that's one that you see a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how much SMU would love to have, you know, a school right up the road in the conference. Or even somebody like, uh, you know, University of Texas, San Antonio. Like They've only had football since 2011, uh, but, I mean, it's a Texas school, San Antonio, it's, you know, probably more fun to visit San Antonio than it would be uh, Denton, Denton. So those are just kind of, I think, some other options uh, if they're looking to, you know, go center and bring in teams that are drivable from Tulsa because pretty much nobody else is. What do we think about South Alabama? We don't. <laughs> good answer <laughs> that's kind of what i was thinking too it's 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 all kind of the, the, the same bucket um you know there it's it's just hard to to um it's it's just hard to think of how they would be able to step in and compete across the board right away you don't want to bring someone in that's just going to drown in competition um I mean, even just from a financial perspective, um, right off the bat. So I don't know. It's, it's to me. I think that's that's a that's kind of a tough sell. Now that that goes. I mean, the one school. I mean, coming from lo- looking at the Sun Belt, and as much as I don't want to see them in in the American, I mean, the one school that makes sense from the Sun Belt is, is App State. I mean, that that's the one school that I could see making making plenty of sense maybe maybe if it was five six years ago i would have said georgia southern but uh but i I definitely think app state now i mean the thing about ecu and and i'm I'm taking this from an ecu fans perspective everybody talks about tv markets and 
people talk about, oh, well, App State will give you Western North Carolina. Well, ECU owns a lot of Charlotte and a lot of Raleigh outside of NC State, Chapel Hill, right? Um, Wake Forest and Duke, they don't – nobody gives a shit about them, right? Um, NC State and Chapel Hill, those are the two schools people care about outside of ECU and App. Um, Charlotte is ECU territory. I mean, I was in a fraternity at ECU. I have a hundred fraternity brothers that live in Charlotte because, and they're not from there, but that's where they live. So ECU already owns that, that market. So the American already owns that market, but from a recruiting standpoint, app state from the Sun Belt is a good fit. It starts getting you into that Tennessee recruiting, uh, that Tennessee recruiting market and being able to kind of get in there and, I love it because it's a it's an hour away from where I live. I don't live in East Carolina or near East Carolina, um, but it, it does give us that. But I think they're the one school that could come in and compete right away. I mean, we saw saw it. they blew us out thirty three nineteen week one um, in Charlotte. But I think they're the one school that could come in and be competitive day one from the Sun Belt at least. You know, I like that you, you mentioned media markets just because I, I think it, it, it should be discussed a little bit. I don't think um, in this go-around, I don't think media markets really matters nearly as much. Um, if When you look back at the, the last big uh, the big quake of, of uh, conference uh, realignment, media markets were a big deal because all those power five leagues were trying to start their own networks. And so they wanted to get those cable carriage fees from all these, these media markets, but that's not really what's happening here. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to the sec because they're big brands and the sec wants to consolidate big brands. Um, and I think streaming from a, from a business perspective is really where things are going. And so you want brands that people are going to buy, pay to see. Um, you want schools that have big followings that people will will subscribe to to uh, services like like ESPN Plus to see. Um, so I think that's really a consideration. Um, I think Marshall might kind of fit that bit a, a little bit. Um, App State might. Um, I, I don't know. I still kind of get that have concerns about you know regional versus national and and you know maybe I'm playing that out of proportion, um, but. I have a, you know, I think when we, we think about who makes the most sense, I, I kind of feel like um, just who can generate that buzz, who can get, you know, those clicks to uh, to get people to, to buy into the league. And the other thing that you want to consider is you want a league that, and this is kind of what the American was going for originally, it doesn't have to be, you know, people make fun of the whole Power Six thing. You don't have to be one of the, you know, at the same level as a Power Five conference. You just have to be good enough that no one would consider the system legitimate if you were left out. Um, so you want that schools that kind of have a little bit of that, that weight behind them where, yeah, maybe you're not going to compete with, with the the Titans, you know, Ohio State and, and, and Alabama, but you don't want to have a system where, where a school like, like, you know, say a Memphis or something 
doesn't count, you know, isn't isn't involved in, in the process. So I think that's a consideration for who you want to who you want to invite as well. Jared, you uh, you touched on like the recruiting uh, footprint and getting into Tennessee, and he kind of uh, discussed lightly uh, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. I, I think getting one of those two, um, you know, probably preferably Georgia State because of the Atlanta metro market that they represent. Um, Georgia, I, I don't know if it's quietly, uh, but Georgia has become one of the best high school football states in the country, you know, alongside California, Texas, Florida. Getting into that area is going to be vital for, uh, I'll be per, frank here, for USF. Um, two of their quarterbacks are from the state of, uh, from the state of Georgia, um, Kate Fortin and Jaron Williams. Uh, getting, getting those guys, uh, getting kids from georgia to come to florida come literally anywhere in the american it is going to be key to kind of provide that hey you you'll you'll get to go home and play you know once or twice uh during your career so your family can come see you uh it's huge you know you're seeing that quarterback class from 2018 uh that high school quarterback class in georgia you know trevor lawrence justin fields Emory Jones and then Kate Fortin and Jaron Williams. Like, there's a lot of talent to be had from the state of Georgia, and I think that's a untapped uh, keg here for the American to get into. And you know, I, I know they're not Georgia, I know they're not Georgia Tech, but just to get into the state, you know, get a foot in the door uh, will help. And you know, we can bring along the, the rest of their sports uh, as they you know see fit, but get just. Getting into Georgia, I think, will be huge. Uh, Skip Holtz tried to do it, uh, but didn't really have a lot of success at USF, and we saw the fruits of that that tree. Um, but I think it's been more developed uh, high school football uh, since then. You know, USF lost their tight ends coach last year uh, to a head coaching job in the state of Georgia because he was getting paid more. Uh, that's just what Georgia football is now. So I think increasing that footprint will be uh, will be big. And I think one of the two Georgia schools will will help in that regard, uh, strictly from recruiting purposes. Obviously, bearing in mind that the rest of their athletic health uh, is definitely up for debate and question. Yeah, and I'll add a a vote for Georgia State. That's one that I was you know going to bring up later. Just being in Atlanta, you know, they've had some NCAA success in the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, like you know, Tulane took their coach brought them into the American. So we might as well just take the rest of the school because um, their football has also been, you know, there were a couple years ago were competing for the Sun Belt. So, you know, on top of that, I think it's a really strong fit for the profile that the American yeah, and, is kind of looking for. And I mean, ECU played Georgia State last year um, in Atlanta. And I, I went, to, I mean, being a Braves fan all my life, I mean, I, it, it was Weird going into into old Turner Field now. I think it's Center Park Stadium. I think that's what they call it. Um, it was weird going in there, but you could tell that they had they did have a, a pretty decent fan base. But they're they're not going to be selling out thirty thousand seat stadiums. Um, but the the recruiting standpoint is, is massive. And kind of going back to what Mike said, the the media market thing isn't isn't as big of a deal but i know every time every time you see a tweet or see something on on social media or see a news article about expansion a lot of times the the first thing is 
looking at what media market you're going to get. And uh, that, I mean, that, that's why you always, always kind of associate the two with conference realignment and, and uh, the media market. So to me, Georgia state is, it, it doesn't have that brand yet, but I know that, that they're on their way um, to, to doing big things. And they, I mean, they compete with app state. They compete with Georgia Southern on a, on a yearly basis, which are, I mean, outside of, outside of Louisiana, I mean, they're, they're the top schools in, in the Sun Belt. So um, it, it would be nice. And I, I think that after a couple of years, they could be competitive. Um, but I, kind of going back to what Nathan said, I, I don't know about their about their athletic budget. Yeah, and I think another uh, a benefit of what we're talking about here, definitely with the Sun Belt, and maybe it's even in a bigger extent the Mountain West, talking you know pulling things back out there. Um, something we haven't mentioned yet is the you know potential for the expanded twelve team playoff in the next I don't know how many years we're looking at now. People are talking about it slowing down with uh, all the movement happening and everything. But part of that twelve team playoff was that it's the sixth highest ranked. Uh, conference champions right which before everything kind of went to hell and, and started moving like this it was like the best thing in the world that could have happened for the american now it's still it's still really good for the g5 in general but if like you know if if the if the goal is just to be that conference then then do the priorities just shift and we should just take from the mountain west and the Sun Belt, right the two closest competitors uh and try to get their best guys if we can't get boise go back to what we were talking about earlier with colorado state and air force people like that that could maybe move the needle in terms of trying to lock up that sixth spot now ryan kind of going off of that the the thing that i've seen kind of thrown around a couple of times and I'd like to get y'all's take on it is going after, like I said earlier, going after some of the top players in, in the rest of the G4 and, and uh, really trying to take all over all those conferences, the top dogs in all of them and creating a kind of like a super, a super conference, one of these 22, 20 team super conferences. What are what's y'all's take on that? What was like four divisions? What, what do y'all think about that? I don't know. I don't know what the ramifications of that would end up being. I mean, you have to split the money between so many more teams now if you've got that many, but is the revenue share big enough to justify that? I don't know. Are there enough? Like kind of what we've we've spoken around a lot on this this conversation is just are there enough teams to pull that actually that we can get to 16 teams and still have a league that feels like a super league or or by the time do we get to 16 are we just kind of pulling pulling whoever we can to get to get to that number, you know? So I don't know. I see the I see the draw of it, but I feel like there might it might be a little too thin to stretch all the way to sixteen. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, from from my perspective and, and seeing what is going on around, around the conference and across the country, the thing that really I mean stands out to me is you you look at schools. We've already named several schools that we're interested in bringing in from from different conferences. I mean, you bring in a school like Marshall. You bring in a school like Boise State, a San Diego State, an App State, a Georgia State. You bring in the Louisiana schools. You, if you bring all of those schools in, then what you're doing is you're making ESPN make a decision in five years, six years, whenever the the media package runs out, the new one that just got signed. You, you bring them in and you say, okay, we've got the top 20 teams in the quote-unquote group of five. We've got all we've got all the top teams in that group of five. Now we deserve 
more money than the Big 12 or maybe even the Pac-12. I don't know what their media deal looks like because we we have those brands. Yeah, they're not the historic brands like a, a USC or they're not the historic brands like UCLA out of the Pac-12 or um, I mean, there's really no brand outside of, I don't know, maybe Iowa State or West Virginia in the Big 12. Like, there's no really, like, lifetime, um, there's no really long-term history in any of those brands now in, in, the, in the Big 12. So that, that's the one thing that I look at is if you can bring in all of them, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. In the, for the next media deal or the next TV package. That, that's what you're doing. Yeah, but not not the level of success you were talking about, though. There's no group of teams in, in the what's left that's going to bring you Big 12 money. There, there just isn't. But, you know, the question is, what what will ESPN pay for? You know, if we were go back to that original concept of the best of the rest, well, just put them all in one conference, is there value in that? You know, maybe. Um, is it... Uh, is it increased value on a per school basis? I think that's a, a big question. Um, at, at some point, you know, even if some of these teams are good, they might not necessarily drive that kind of that kind of value that'll make a. You might end up diluting the pool a little bit. Um, but it's an interesting question. You know, what if how much are people willing to pay to see uh, the best of the rest? Um, it's 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 an interesting thought, but it's also very football centric. And I think if you're you're looking at the you know having to maintain these athletic departments across the board, um, then it might get a little bit a little bit hairier. Yeah, and I think the the ones that I've seen and I've I've seen it's not it's not the uh, it's not the number one take that I've seen out there, but what what it seems like is you basically break in the, you bring all the schools in and you break it into two, the two divisions. And yeah, you may play out West twice, but you're going to play six games talking about football out East, but then you're able to have your, you're able to have an actual um, conference that you play more on the for us, you play more on the East Coast. If we're looking at baseball, you, you're playing more on the East Coast. You may go out West once or twice, which ECU, that, that's no problem in baseball. We, we make a California trip. Uh, we've played it in Washington before. Um, we, we've done that. that. That's nothing new to us. But it's – you're breaking it up to where you've got the two – you've got four divisions. So basically you're creating two conferences within a conference. American West and an American East, right? And and that that's kind of the thought process is you have these teams and they compete out West and then they compete out East and then you bring them together at the end of the year for a conference tournament and that that's that's where that's where you see okay which is the best of the be- best of the best of the rest, right? Um, so that that's kind of the understanding that I have of of the idea. I don't think that it, I don't even know if it's a really a, a realistic option, but it, it's one that I think a lot of these conferences, the the Power Five conferences, are looking at going to 16, 20 teams, and 
they're, I mean, they're eventually going to have to expand out, out of their regionality and uh, to do that. And so if we can go ahead and get a, get ahead of that, um, then hopefully by that time you're, you're ready to go. But I know like, for instance, ECU is, is, I mean, we're willing to play out West. We're willing to travel in all sports. We've done it. I mean, we, we play in California. We play all over the country. Um, and ECU fans travel. So I, I know that for, for some of the smaller schools like USF, um, then uh, Nathan's not, that was supposed to be a shot at Nathan, but, um, but yeah, it, you, they don't, they don't travel as well. So, um, for me, I, I'm all for it, but I don't, like, like you said, I don't know if it's as, um, realistic as, as I would like it to be. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. And I think the, the idea of a larger 16 team or plus like 20 team American with East and West divisions, that takes care of a lot of the travel concerns too. So definitely something to, to think about. Um, okay. So to, to close things out, we're over an hour here, so let's wrap it up. Uh, let's go around one more time and let everybody give a quick kind of final take on two things. One, the, which teams you would add after, after this discussion, uh, the final teams you would add, what your strategy would be. And two, what you think the American and Mike Oresco will actually end up doing. Uh, so let's start with, uh, let's start with Jared. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've made it pretty clear. Uh, as much as I hate to see app state from a, a recruiting standpoint, that they're going to be a direct competitor um, from a recruiting standpoint, I think they've got to be in the conversation that um, they're getting a lot of the athletes that we want to get. We're getting a lot of the athletes they want to get. Um, so I, I think that that's a, I think that's a good opportunity. I think that they've got a good enough brand and I mean, they, they've had success over the last six years, whatever, since they've become, um, an, a division one football team. Now, um, I mean, I, w- I would also love to see, uh, I mean, a, a Louisiana Lafayette stands out, a Marshall stands out, um, and then, I think Boise has to be in the in the conversation. And I think, and I, I know that's the easy take. That's the easy take to to run with. They've got that history. Um, if we could only get them to get rid of the blue field, um, that that would be that would be great. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I would like us to go after the 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 brand names. Uh, uh, that's what I want to see. You, I mean, you talk about a school like, um, you, you talk about a school like uh, Tulsa or Temple. Looking at them from the American, I mean, they they've got their brand names, but they're also Tulsa more so than Temple. But Tulsa's grown their brand. Temple hasn't, right? We were looking for schools that are continuously growing their brand and and being kind of at the forefront of all of college athletics. And I, I think Tulsa's done a good job of that. Um, but I want, I want a school like a Boise that is, is continuing to grow their, their basketball program. I mean, they've got a, they've got a pretty good basketball program or at least have in the past five years, right? Mm. A San Diego state, same thing. Um, they've got a good basketball program, got a good baseball program, decent at football. I, I like that they've and they've got that brand name right um now i don't think you get that from a utep or a utsa like you they 
when we start looking at these these uh, directional schools or these um, schools outside of, of and I'm, I'm saying that as an East Carolina fan, um, you they don't have as much of a brand most of the time. So that that's that's probably my one concern with, with looking at some of them. But definitely like the Boise State, App State, Marshall, those are those are probably my top three um, looking at, and that I mean that gets us back to to eleven teams, and I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to see us get get to even even higher than that. Mike, let's hear yours. So my understanding is that San Diego State is not interested, and they they won't be interested. Um, it's just bad geography for them. Um, and same with Boise State. I think as long as they have any chance of coming over, of making the move to the Big Twelve, they're not going to make any jump until then, because that means you're paying an extra set of exit fees to a conference and that's just not financial sense so given that those two are off the table which were the original invites to the old big east um i'm thinking the the one that's as close to a slam dunk as you can get is uab um good football program good basketball program good university uh, ambitious university medical school new stadium whole whole nine yards that's where you go. Um, if you if the Mountain West schools are interested, then Colorado State, um, Major State University, again, more of a, 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 you know, maybe not the most successful football program necessarily, but an, a major state university, I think, fits the Americans' uh, ambitions, what, what they're kind of looking for. Um, if they're Along the same lines, uh, Air Force, um, I think Air Force is as close to a national brand as you're going to get. Um, not sure if they would be all sports or football only. Um, it's it, As a football only ad, I think it's a tougher swallow. Um, same thing if you're talking about Army. Um, Army wouldn't be interested anyway, but it, it, it's the same kind of deal, though, where when you're losing three all sport members, I don't know if you want a football only ad, so little asterisks by Air Force. Um, so UAB, Colorado State, Air Force, and then the mystery box. I really have no idea about who makes sense as a fourth school. I'm going to throw my hat in and say Rice. Um, I think from, from a, from an academic brand, from a, 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 a university prestige brand, I think they're up there. I think university presidents would, would like that. Um, they'll average 20,000, 25,000 per game in attendance. You know, they, you gets you back in Houston and the point was brought up earlier, you know, the league office is in Texas. They're going to want another Texas school. And I think of the bunch, I'll go ahead and say rice is the best bet. Matt, do you want to go ahead and give yours? Yeah. So, um, my short list. So I had rice on there as well as Colorado state and UAB. And then the fourth one that I had is just, I am really behind Georgia state. Um, I just feel like that, makes sense for the geographic footprint it makes sense if you're looking for the large market and then if you know as well as trying to expand the recruiting footprint and i'm sure you know a lot of coaches in the conference would appreciate having an avenue into the state of georgia um as for like which ones i think the conference will target i think that list is kind of uh reasonable uh as well as app state and then potentially you know texas wildcard whether that's a UTEP, a UT like San Antonio, uh, North Texas. I mean, 
maybe Texas State. I don't like. Obviously, I don't see all of them, but you know, I just feel like something's going to come from the state of Texas as well. So, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page. Yeah, you know, I did see uh, John Rothstein a couple of weeks ago put out a kind of a wild, a wild thing saying that Temple should. Uh, go all in on basketball and leave the American, go back to the A-10 and kind of, you know, put put football to the wayside, focus on basketball. So honestly, like if that happened, I'd be, you know, Temple doesn't make a ton of sense in the American anymore. So my ideal scenario would be that Temple leaves for the A-10, kind of th- does whatever they want to do with football, but not in the American. Um, and then we pick up five teams. I'm, I'm focusing more on the, like the geographic South, Southeast area that, that i've kind of been talking about i definitely see the poll going west but sticking with this one um if we dropped or if temple left we picked up five teams to get back to 12 who would those five be uh, a lot of them we've beat we've we've beat to death here but like uab for sure uh app state definitely like makes sense to me um i would throw out i think louisiana is a is a good call even before this recent success they've got some historic success as well um rival for Tulane there too uh, Arkansas State like I mentioned I don't know if I would actually include them or not but as a selfish plug for having another one close to Tulsa I would throw them out there and then again one of the Texas schools I think makes a lot of sense so Rice UTSA North Texas whatever um or Florida school like FAU that's been kind of not not talked about as much I know we spent a little bit of time talking about them but uh I could see them making some sense too so of the group, I mean, that that's kind of where I would put it. What I think the American will actually end up doing, I see that, like, all the, you know, the current reporting makes it sound like they are going to go after the Mountain West. Who knows uh, how realistic that is. I don't get that excited about going out there. I definitely would love uh, just having the Air Force-Navy game in the, in the conference just as a fan. I think that would be cool. Um, but I don't know. My money is on them going after Boise, n- failing, and then coming back. Uh, kind of to the south southeast region and, and go in that direction so we lost we lost nathan from the daily stampede uh, i'll read his he sent uh he sent his answers um so his were uab san diego state georgia state and he says i guess army he says boise is a pipe dream colorado state is run by a moron hard pass on them uh and then georgia state to be more specific about gsu so yeah georgia state not georgia southern so georgia state was his pull there um, and I feel it. Yeah. I mean, those make sense to me. I feel like we've talked about pretty much everybody that has been on the radar. Is there any, before we kind of call it quits there, um, is there anybody that hasn't come up that we need to, that we need to bring up here? I don't know if we need to bring them up there, but there are a lot of people who are talking about like, um, you know, kind of a, speaking of pipe dreams, but a school that might come up from FCS, like a James Madison mm. or something. Um, is something like that. I don't see that happening. I don't think that's what the Americans thinking, but I've seen it mentioned a few times. Yeah, I mean, when when you said a team that we haven't mentioned, James Madison, obviously, I mean, it it popped into my head. I mean, it's a it's a good travel partner for for East Carolina, good travel partner for Navy. Um, it, it's it's a school that I mean has had success in all other sports as well as as football at the FCS level, and we've seen it. We've we've seen that uh, model work out for, for other schools. I mean, Liberty looking at uh, App State coming up from the FCS level and being competitive right away. And I mean, James Madison beat East Carolina uh, a couple years ago when Mike Houston was at the helm of, of JMU. Now now he's at the helm of, of the ECU Pirates. And um, it, it's one of those schools that, and I, guys, I, I used to work at James Madison, used to work in, in Harrisonburg and, the passion 
behind that fan base and their alumni base, it's there's there's some there's some support there. So I I think yeah, it's kind of a pipe dream, but I w- I wouldn't mind seeing it play out um, and with, with them coming up. Um, and then an, another school I, I'd like I wouldn't mind seeing us get up into since we're I mean we're losing Cincinnati we're losing I mean Ohio State has a stronghold on on the state of Ohio and and kind of that uh that not really Midwest but kind of getting into the Midwest region the upper north Midwest um and I I keep going back to an, another brand I'd like to see maybe even a top school from the MAC I mean uh, I said it earlier kind of as a wild card but uh, uh Western Michigan I think that They've had some success. Um, I mean, did, who who did they beat? Did they beat somebody yesterday? I mean, I feel like they. Uh, I I saw that they were winning a, a game. I, I can't remember who they were playing, but yeah, I mean, oh. they they've got some. Yeah, real quick. Uh, yeah, they beat Pitt. Yeah, they beat they beat Pitt. I mean, an ACC team. I, I know the ACC is dog shit, but um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a school like that um, come over and and maybe take take hold of, of always kind of like of always kind of like western michigan um out, out of the mac so yeah and that, that that would be my wild card or team that we haven't really mentioned even though i mentioned western michigan a little bit earlier yeah and another one i just want to i want to bring up because i have seen it thrown in circles and i don't think we've talked about it on here i'm not a huge fan of the idea but old dominion uh they get thrown around i think the athletic had a piece where they put a, a bunch of schools out there. Old Dominion got mentioned because uh, they've got the largest budget in CUSA, got a new football stadium. They're an affiliate member in the American right now as part of men's lacrosse. I think it was, uh, let me make sure that's right. Women's lacrosse. Um, so, I mean, there are some ties there, but like their football program, at least recently has been just God awful. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of that idea, uh, but wanted to bring it up. I felt uh, felt like it needed a mention at least. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I think we can probably wrap it there. Uh, Really, really appreciate you guys coming on. I know we lost Nathan about about an hour in, uh, but I really appreciate him him as well. Um, I think, Mike, this is, I think, the first time we've had you on the podcast. So thanks for for joining. Uh, We'll talk to you again later this football season, hopefully. Uh, Jared, I know we're not playing y'all in in football this year, but we'll get you you during basketball season for sure. Jeez, yeah, I I still haven't. I still have nightmares about the Tulsa game last year, so. (laughs) I don't blame you. Thanks, guys. All right. Awesome, guys. Thanks. See you later, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Okay. That was awesome. Uh, I just want to close this thing out by by thanking those guys again for joining the show. Uh, So appreciate you all. Appreciate you, Mike, Nathan, and Jared for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, me and Matt talk every week, but we're kind of in our little Tulsa bubble. So it's nice to break out of that, get this, get the perspective from some of the other teams in the American and and their, their thoughts on all of this. So I learned a lot. Hope you all did too. Um, But yeah, really uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, Make sure you're subscribed or follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're over there, drop us a rating or review. Um, those help a ton. Feedback is great. Leave some feedback in the review. Leave some feedback in an email to us if you want. The email address is thegoldenheartcast at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to support us financially, drop us a buck or two. You can do that. Uh, go to our website, thegoldenheartcast.com slash support. And finally, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at goldenhurricast. Uh, and that'll be it. Yeah. So thank you again very much for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you next week.